Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. So last week we talked about the waiting, how that anticipation, that excitement can help. Um, But I want you to know that today there is no longer waiting that we have to do. Jesus has accomplished everything that he was going to do on the cross. Now, for us, that's an exciting point because we're not waiting for the baby. We're not looking at the baby in the manger. But really, we are in this place of where we are serving a risen king who really... uh, conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he's now sitting at the right hand of God praying for you and I that we might receive all of the promises that God has for us. Now this morning we're going to move in. Now we talked about the waiting, but today we're going to look at the promise. We have to know that God has made promises, is making promises. He will keep his promises. And for the life of a believer, that's that's an exciting thing. That's something that we should be expecting. That's something we should be celebrating. It should not be a doom and gloom season of your life when there comes a fulfillment of a promise. Um, how many of you this morning, you've got, got to be a little bit vulnerable to answer this question, but how many of you have ever had someone who you trusted break a promise? Come on, no, everybody, nobody? We got, we got, okay, that's, that's almost everybody, right? You know, it's like, man, you know, people that we really trusted, they broke a promise. Dad, you said, well, you took it out of context, baby. Like, you ever done that? You know, your kids manipulated, said, that's, well, that's not what I, that's what I said, that's not what I meant, right? You know, implied translation versus what was really said. But, you know, there are times that people break our promise, that bre- they break their promises. So a person who breaks promises, it, it affects each of us differently, but significantly on multiple levels. It can affect us emotionally, it can affect us mentally, and it can affect our closeness that we have in that relationship. I don't want to stay here, but I gotta, we got to go here because we got to think about why we are like we are today. Because the goal is to deal with maybe some of these emotional issues that we've had with people. Because our emotional and our connected trustworthiness of people sometimes will affect our trustworthiness perspective of who God is. It doesn't make him that he's less creditable, but it makes our perception of him less creditable. So we have to understand that like things in our lives, setbacks, different perspectives where we say, well, I don't know if I can trust God because one time and we're we're measuring that based on something that happened in our life, not necessarily something that God did. Okay, so we have to really understand that. So when these promises are not kept, we, we have strained communication. There's sometimes resentment and there is a sense of unreliability in the relationship. Everything you thought you had was broken. Everything you thought was, was genuine and sincere was broken. You know, it's like one of those feelings where you feel like somebody literally trampled on your heart. Like, I mean, I'm talking about those that we've really trusted with maybe parts of our life that we didn't tell anybody else. And something was promised and then that promise was broken. A lot of times it leaves us in that broken place unless we receive healing in that place of brokenness. I want us to take just a moment and kind of work through, we're not going to have a full-fledged altar call, but I want you to deal with, if there's things in your heart this morning, areas of unforgiveness, areas where there is a lack of trust, and how do, how do we measure this? You probably know today if you're a person that trusts people or you're a person that straight up doesn't trust people. You know what I'm talking about. You hurry. Like, I don't, you, if, if you talk to somebody, say, I don't trust anyone. Like, no one. 
Not even your mom, not even your dad, not even your best friend, like the, the friends you picked. We don't trust anybody. You know, like we know that that comes from a flawed moment. That comes from a broken moment in life. That's okay that we're broken. That's okay that we've dealt with those things. But we want to deal with those things today though, so that we can move forward and live in the fullness of what God has for us in a relationship with him that, guess what, is not broken. Because when we look at it, when we're putting the two pieces together, we're the fractured component. God is not the fractured component in our relationship with him. We're the one that needs to change. We're the ones that need to trust him. And uh, whatever it is that you're dealing with this morning in a lack of trust, today you have to shift your mentality and understand that God is a trustworthy God. You cannot base personal life experience and equate that to be equal to who God is or who God is not. We can't do that. Now, I know a lot of us, we do that, right? How can God be a loving father if my father here on earth did A, B, and C, right? Or if God really loved me, wouldn't he? Whatever, right? We can answer all of these hard questions, but we have to understand that we are in a fallen, broken world. Thank God that God sent Jesus to redeem and fix a lot of that. We're always going to be fractured to some point, right? You know, I think, I think God kind of does that to keep us humble, right? You know, Paul, he had a thorn in his side and he prayed to God multiple times that it would be removed, and it was God's tool of keeping him humble, right? And what did he say? He didn't say, I'm going to remove it, but what did he respond? He said, my grace is sufficient to you. Nobody likes that. We're like, Lord, just remove it. No, my grace is sufficient. So it doesn't matter what you're going through, where you're at today, but what is important and what is paramount is that we deal with where we are at so we can change the course of where we're going. How many of you are dealing maybe with some offense this morning? You don't got to tell me what it is, but you're dealing with some things. Some of you in this room do have trust issues where you're like, oh, like you got, man, I really got to have somebody prove something to me before I trust them with my life or my secrets or I allow them into my life. We are dealing with those things. But we have to allow God to deal with those things and heal those things so that it changes the perspective that we see God clearly for who he is. Now, people who've been affected by these broken promises or these fractured relationships, we can be very guilty of taking those life experiences, looking at those, and then equating our understanding of God through those lenses. Uh, we got some people that wear glasses. How many of you know when you put on your glasses, it changes the perspective? Like if we have a judgmental perspective, we're going to see God as a judgmental God. If we, if we have trust issues, then when we put on those glasses, we're going to see God as what? not trustworthy, even though that has nothing to do with who he is because of our perception or the place that we've come from. It's going to cripple us in the future if we don't deal with those things. So as we navigate this, we're going to look at how we walk into a promise from God, but we need to kind of deal with some of that stuff in our, in our lives, deal with some of those things that we just haven't let go of. Now, I'm not going to have a full-fledged altar call, but I even feel like right now, maybe there's something that the Holy Spirit's bringing up that you're like, oh man, like, is he talking about that? I'm not talking about that. The Holy Spirit's talking about that. I didn't even tell you what it is or what it isn't. I've just kind of painted the context, but I believe the Holy Spirit may be identifying a few things in our lives that he wants to deal with. Pastor, who told you? Right? You know, maybe you're feeling, you're feeling like, man, like, did somebody talk to him about what I'm going through? The Holy Spirit knows what he needs to do in the room. But anything that he's going to do in and through us, he has our future in mind. If he's bringing it up, you know, he's bringing it up because he wants to deal with it and he wants to heal it. He just doesn't want to expose you and make you look bad, okay? Those things that he exposes, he wants to deal with in our lives. So understand that.
okay? But I'm going to believe as we just continue this, this conversation this morning that, you know, there would be power released in your life to change and to leave different than you came. It's not an accident you're here. You just didn't show up like, man, I didn't have no plan. The Holy Spirit had an agenda. God had a plan for you being here today. And he is full of promises that he wants to keep in your life. But you have to believe without a shadow of a doubt that he is a promise keeper, that he does what he says every time, every time. So some of us that are from this broken perspective, we have to understand that he is 100% reliable and trustworthy today. Doesn't matter where you've come from, your background, or what you've experienced. He is a trustworthy, good God. Um, For those of you who have had those broken promises, hear me loud and clear. God is a promise keeper. He will do what he said he will do. So today we're going to look at this promise of the coming Messiah through the life of Mary. Mary was made a promise from God through the, the angel Gabriel and was spoken, you know, something that, I mean, if it was spoken to me, I'd be like, man, how's that going to work? You know, it leaves me with almost more questions, which yet when she asked the questions, the angel gave her some guidance. But understand this, any time that God makes a promise, he gives you enough to know what you need to know. We get frustrated. Well, how's that going to work, Lord? <laughs> Just be thankful for the promise and then allow him to walk out and work out the details in your life. How many of you are people that you want to know every detail if you're going to agree to something? How long and what day and how much and how many loads on that trailer and how much stuff you have? I'm going to come help you move. Like you want every, and what time are we going to eat lunch and what time can, you know, it's like, man, you want to help or you don't want to help, right? You know, like you want to receive the word or you don't want to receive the word. I think we just need to trust God that if he's giving us something or he's making us a promise, that the promise is going to be a good promise. It's going to be for our benefit. It's going to be favorable. Why? Because God is a good God. Okay. We have to trust him in that. So we're going to look at the book of Luke 1, 26 through 38. And we're going to just look at the life of Mary and the promise that she was made. And then we're going to look at four ways to walk through a promise. Uh, because I believe that some of us are either waiting on a promise or we are walking through a promise. Or God willing, we have lived a life of some fulfilled promise. But we should still be expecting continual promises to be fulfilled in our life. I'm not okay with the promises that have already come to pass. I want the promises that have been already made to come to pass, okay? We're not just reminiscing. We're continuing to experience his goodness. So Luke 1, 26 through 38, starting in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, um, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at this, his word and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Verse 32, He will be called great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and, and he will reign Over Jacob's descendants forever, his kingdom will never end. She responds, how will this be? Since I am a virgin, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Verse 36, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her her old age. And she who said it was unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. we got we got to hold on to that promise right there. For no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, I, the Lord's servants, Mary answered, may your word be fulfilled. 
Then the angel left. So we see in this story and in this promise that Mary is left with a whole big promise. Now, can you imagine that moment, you know, the angel showing up, speaking to her and, you know, realizing what was going to come with all kinds of questions. And even after the explanation, like the Holy Spirit's going to come, the Spirit of God is going to overshadow you, you're going to become pregnant. And how in the world does that work? Like, I mean, you told me, but I'm still a little confused as far as how that's going to work. There was still some uncertainty, but yet what God says was going to happen was going to happen. But there's, there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of emotions, there's a lot of feelings that happen through this story. But we understand the other side of the story is, guess what? This promise, it came true. It came to pass. It wasn't just a pipe dream and say, oh, I'm just going to say this to encourage you. But what God says, he comes through with. What God speaks will come to pass. But sometimes there's a waiting period. Sometimes um, there, there's a moment of God aligning out the details, Right? I think that's one of the biggest problems about a promise. Sometimes we don't see all the background stuff going on. You know, it's like our worship team. We show up on a Sunday. You don't know all the preparation and all the work or what kind of week we had. You see the end result. We had a challenging week this week, you know, with some setbacks and some different things we're working through. But yet we see the end result. We're like, man, it was great. Like sometimes there is struggle to have a good outcome. Sometimes there's a lot of work. We don't always see that. And sometimes we're like, man, you're blessed. But you don't realize beyond the blessing was a, was a road walked out of, of promise. Just because I'm blessed today doesn't mean that there wasn't a process to get to that place of promise or blessing or provision of the Lord. Right? I think sometimes we think it just comes real easy. Like we just, you know, we just snap our fingers and clap three times and God shows up and just works it out. Anybody uh, ever asked a lady how many more weeks till the baby's due and they've been pregnant the whole time and they get mad at you because they're ready to have that baby like right now, right now. And if you're stupid enough to say, I thought you just got pregnant, but they've been suffering for a little while and you're dumb enough to figure out that, oh, I feel like it's been three weeks. You might think it's three weeks. It hadn't been three weeks for that mama, right? And back away slowly is, is, is the heed the warning if you're going to but sometimes we think to get to that promise, to get to that blessing, it's easy and it's convenient. But how many of you know, even in the process of labor, it's work, right? I wish you could just, man, the baby just showed up and it's easy, convenient, you know, and just da 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 da, -da wrap it up with a bow and call it blessed, right? It's not always like that. Our first baby, I thought my wife was going to die and I said, Lord Jesus, we're going to war to have this baby, right? You know, so to reap the blessings of a promise, we don't want to experience the work or the waiting. But God will do what he has promised to do. And I believe Mary walked away kind of a little uncertain, but full of hope with expectation of something to happen. And can you imagine when she, when she went and said, hey, Joseph, guess what? Now, I'm not going to share this, but you have to understand that the angel came to Joseph, too, and kind of chilled him out with the details. Because you imagine, hey, baby, I just an angel of the Lord just showed up, and here's what's going to happen. You're going to get pregnant. How and when? He's going to be who? I mean, uh, that, that sounds a little sketchy to me, right? So the angel of the Lord also came to him and communicated on his behalf. So understand this. God will tell you what you need to know to believe in the promise. No more, no less. Uh, and be content with that. So let's look this morning at four ways that we can walk through a promise. Number one, the most important thing for you to do is recognize the voice of the Lord. Now, if an angel shows up, pretty good indicator. Anybody ever had an angel show up? I never had an angel experience where he shows up, he says, fear not, uh, gets all in my business, whatever I'm doing. Um, and, you know, I think Mary, you know, how Mary was saying, man, I wonder what kind of word this is going to be. 
Now, I'll tell you what, the only time I'm wondering what kind of word of the Lord I'm going to receive, it's often maybe in my life where I'm not living the life I should be living. If I ask that question, man, I wonder what the Lord's going to tell me. It might be because I know that there's things in my life because we have to understand the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. He sees over the righteous and the wicked and he sees all of these things. So when I'm like, oh no, my dad's been watching and he can see everything. What is he going to say? You know, so, so this anticipation, this concern of the word of the Lord and you know, that she, we know that she's startled and she's fearful. I always think it's funny. Every time an angel of the Lord shows up, what is the angel's first word? Fear not. Because you know why? Every person was fearful. Angel Gabriel shows up and he's right there in holy glory. Like, you know, there's going to not be anybody like, hey, what's up? High five. That's not how it goes. You are humbled. You are brought low. You are, you are awestruck. You are, there, there's many different variables that happen. But when we recognize the voice of the Lord, if an angel shows up, it should be pretty obvious. If that's ever happened to you, I want to hear that story because that hasn't ever happened to me. Now, how he speaks and how we receive this word today is by the Holy Spirit speaking on behalf of God. This is the common way now that the word of the Lord is spoken. It's that, what does the Bible say? It's that still, small voice. That's maybe when I'm reading scripture and he illuminates something in that scripture. You're like, oh man, that's for me. Hey, read that one more time, and you read it, and then it comes to life, and it it secures a promise or a hope or something that God has spoken. But His Holy Spirit is the one that speaks to us, you know, in understanding the gracious gift that it is that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. What does the passage of Scripture say? Is that He is a guide, He is a comforter, He is a teacher. He's everything we need to be successful in life. But we have to recognize when the Holy Spirit is speaking. Now, uh, I would say that, you know, he's speaking more than we're listening. I really think that's happening. The Holy Spirit, God is wanting to download and tell us stuff more than we listen. You know, but we have this joke, you know, at the house, like, you know, when we're talking to our kids, we want our kids to listen, but we got to get that message. Listen, Linda. Like, you, you seen the little kid? The, the, he's sitting there and he's yelling. He's like, no, listen to me. Like, we need to listen to God and engage when he is speaking. But what has to happen when he is speaking? We need to remain silent. You know, I, you know I'm sure as a kid, I like to talk. I get paid to do it now. I guess it, where I talked to a little girl. She's talking, talking, talking. I said, you like to talk? She goes, yeah. I said, man, you might be a preacher one day. <laughs> you know, get paid to do what you love, right? You know, but... Um, Sometimes we need to listen more and talk less. I remember, hey, quit talking. Be quiet while I'm talking to you. Anybody ever told your kid that? Shut up for a minute and listen to what I'm saying. Like, you almost got to pinch your own lips to quit talking. But when the word of the Lord, when God is speaking and we recognize his voice, stop everything you're doing and pay attention to the details. You know, I don't think Mary was like, oh, not, angel, right now is not a good time. I got to go. I got some, I got a hair appointment. Like, what are you doing? Like at that moment, everything stops. Any agenda, any preconceived idea, it just stops. So what is the Holy Spirit saying? Uh, and don't interrupt. You know, I, I, I've kind of grown in my relationship with the Lord with like, after he speaks, I may ask for clarifying questions. Hey, Lord, can you, uh, if you're so graciously willing, uh, give me a little more insight in regards to whatever. But the first initial response is to recognize the voice obey what he's doing, and then ask God graciously if he'll give you more specifics, if he desires to. 
I think that that's one of the most challenging things is getting an instruction and, and not really knowing what it's going to do. And, um, but you've been asked to do something, but you don't know the results. Okay? In John 10, 27, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Now, understand, my sheep and our Father, right? There's a relationship. There's a connectedness there that we can hear the voice of God. How many of you this morning have struggled with hearing the voice of God? Or maybe you've agreed with the lie of the enemy and say, well, I don't hear the voice of God. We're guilty of that. Like, if we're sons and daughters of God, it says, my sheep hear my voice. If we are a son and daughter of God, we are entitled and we get to hear God's voice. You know, I was, I was talking to a lady after first service and she said, well, can I ask God for more details? I said, absolutely. But if he doesn't tell you, don't get mad at him. You know, if he pulls the father card and says, because I said so, that's it. In a discussion, like it doesn't, it means you don't need to know until you know what you needed to know, right? And, and, and we need to be the same way. As parents, we've all done that. Because I said, that's it. Like, I don't need to explain myself. Why do we feel entitled that he should explain himself? But as a son and daughter, in the right level of respect, after being obedient, don't wait to be obedient till you figure it all out. Be obedient immediately. And then as you're walking out that promise, as you're following in obedience to what God is doing and saying, maybe look up and say, Dad, well, where are we going? Or what are we doing? Or, you know, can you give me, can you illuminate where we're going? And I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to go back to originally what he had said, though. He's never, it's always going to point back to what he has already spoken. It's not going to contradict what he has spoken. It's not going to change what he's spoken. But God willing, it'll clarify that which he has spoken. Anybody ever received a word and you really felt like you needed more clarity? Maybe you've asked God for a big decision. I know I've had a few big decisions in my life. And uh, we pray and we pray and we pray and we say, Lord, give me direction. Show me what to do. And then he shows you and you're like, God, but show me again. You ever done that one? Well, one more time, you know, Bible talks about fleecing. You know, hey, you know, if I put, it's like, Lord, if, it's, if this is your will, make a red car drive by next. Well, how about a black one now, Lord? Like, you know, the red one wasn't good enough. Like, we're, we're, we're always trying to prove, is this God? Is this not God? Here's one thing that we have to know, that when we're recognizing God's voice, that his word will always complement his scripture. If we want to know how to hear the voice of the Lord and how to hear it accurately, accurately we need to know what scripture says. It's really, really easy for me when, you know, when somebody shares a word with me, they're like, hey, here's what I feel like the Lord is saying. I can say, absolutely, it's an agreement to his word. But on the other side of that, there's been times where it's like, man, I feel like this is what the Lord's saying, and it is not hitting the mark of what God's scripture says. Well, we know that if it contradicts the scripture, it's not the voice of God. If it complements scripture, it's usually the voice of God. And, you know, uh, my wife and I, it's super funny. You know, we've been serving the Lord a long time. Every now and then she bounces stuff off me. She says, man, you know, I feel like this is what the Lord's saying. What's your thoughts? Here's my first question. Well, would the devil tell you that? Heck no, devil wouldn't tell me that. Well, then, like, why would he say, hey, go up to the altar. You need to receive prayer for that. You ever heard the, you ever heard the devil tell you that? He says, no, hit the back door and run as soon as he dismisses. It's a little different. Like we know what, what is the voice of God and we need to anticipate, man, is this God? Is this not God? But what does his word say? When we know what the scripture says, uh, we can easily discern what it is and what it isn't. Understand that there's many voices in the world. 
many, many voices in the world. So we want to we distinguish what is the voice of God, what is the voice of the world, but really modeling, like, how, do, how will we hit the mark often, hit the nail on the head, if we know what Scripture says? That's why it's important. Read the Bible, read Scripture, listen to it, meditate on it, allow that to help navigate recognizing his voice. So in walking through a promise, number one, recognize the word of the Lord. Number two, resist the fear of the unknown details. Resist the fear of the unknown details. Many of us want the whole road map. Like not just, hey, take a right here. Well, where are we going? Go straight for two miles. Well, where are we going? Keep going straight. We only went a mile. We didn't go two miles yet, right? We always want to know the details. We want to know where we're going. What we have to trust is the navigator, we have to trust where God is leading us, where God is, is directing us, what he's showing. So understand this, that if God spoke it, it's possible even if it seems impossible. You know, I, I think about the story of Peter and walking on the water and, you know, Matthew 14, 28 and 29. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. And then he responds to him. He says, come, he said. ruh I just asked, if it's really you, tell me to walk on water. Now, that equates to Pastor Noe going to the top of this building and saying, Lord, if it's you, I'm going to jump off this building and you help me fly. Now, I know gravity pulls real hard. So all of a sudden, what I asked for now is their faith to follow through with what he told me to do, but I asked him to do it, and he said yes. Now, how in the world are them details going to work out? First, I'm not going to ask God stupid stuff that I ain't going to follow through with. I mean, walking on the water, at least if I can swim doggy paddle right you know but I, I don't know if he really thought it all the way through like hey if it's really you like that seems like impulse response well lord if it's really you double dog dare you to tell me to come like that's what i'm envisioning happen it wasn't this like well let me think about this lord if it's really you you know what is my least favorite food like i mean it wasn't like it wasn't thought out it was i felt like it was just impulse it was something quick but yet god said come so then we see him and he, I think he just did it quickly. I feel like, you know, you know, Peter was a guy, he was just an impulse. He was quick. He just, you know, I think he's a really, and he just stepped out of the boat and all of a sudden he's standing on the water. I don't think he overthink it, thought it because I don't think he overthought things. I think he just did it and he's like, oh my gosh, look, Jesus, this is awesome. Then he looked at the waves and he looked all around. It says he looked at the circumstances and he began to sink. And in that moment, Jesus reached his hand out and he grabbed him and he pulled him. He says, Peter, where is your faith? But I'll tell you what, he was the only one to walk on water that I know of because he was bold enough to trust God, resist the fear. He just jumped in and he saw the results, okay? But understand this, God does not joke around. When he tells you to do something, it's because he can do it. He said, walk on the water, walk out to me. Like, he, you know, you're going to do it. I heard a lot of, you know, scholars, they talk about, well, how did it work? Did the, did, the, did the water get, like, turned to ice? Did it get, like, reinforced? Like, how did it happen? Had nothing to do with the water. Had everything to do with what God's word had spoken. He was 100% standing on the authority and the word of God. So he was really working on the commanded word that you will walk on the water. Right? Didn't ice over. It's not like the fish dolphin showed up and he's, like, walking on the animal. Like, it wasn't none of that. He was walking on the spoken word of God because when God says it, when Jesus says it, it's possible. He doesn't joke around. You know, can you imagine Jesus? Ha, <laughs> you can't walk on water. Blue, blue, blue. And just let him sink. I think our perception is like God, he doesn't joke around. He is really serious. What God says he can do, he will do. When God says something, he means it. He's not a jokester in that sense. You know, so like if we're like, God's this mean, stern. No, he's serious. 
He doesn't waste his words. He doesn't, he's not full of false hopes and false promises. He's going to do what he says he's going to do. You know, in the, in the Gospels, Jesus really brought to people's attention, well, what do you want me to do for you? Do you understand he was asking that question because he had the power and the ability to heal those which he was asking? How does it work? How does it happen? I don't have a clue, but I know that God can do it, that we have to trust the details to God, but we trust in faith. We, we reduce that fear. Um, you know, worst case, you're going to be just like you were. Best case scenario, you're going to stand up and walk that day. Somebody who's hopeless, why would you not take God at his word and trust him? You're already hopeless. Perhaps it's God when he speaks a word and we resist that fear and we don't have to worry about all the details. We will see a fulfilled promise happen in our life in a way that we can't, we can't explain it, but we can live it and we can experience it. Because that happens a lot where it's like, man, I don't know. I just pray and get work. God hooked me up. But we can't always focus on the details. We need to focus on what God has spoken. Understand that he is good, that he is faithful. Um, be excited, not fearful. You know, I know that that's hard to wrap your mind around. Like There is always kind of that fleshly, fleshy fear. But what is your spirit saying? What is your spirit sensing? Do you have that unwavering confidence in who God is, in what he said he will do, he will do? I know those big, bold decisions that I've made, it's always been that. I've known God, that, man, that this is God. You know, there's been times that I didn't like the answers or I didn't like the directions that God was giving me. I remember uh, done a lot of ministry in my life, but I remember when I was, uh, I was helping in youth ministry. I've been a youth pastor for about two, two and a half years, and I felt like God was transitioning me out of uh, youth ministry. And the word of the Lord came to me. He said, hey, I've called you to be a worship leader, not a youth pastor. So my first response in my genius mind, so can I lead worship in youth? Right, that was my navigation. But what he was saying is it's time to transition out. Man, I struggled with his decision. I didn't tell my pastor. I didn't do anything. Um, but I, but I, I knew that this was the word of the Lord. Two weeks later, a gentleman in the church said, hey, man, I meant to get with you last week. I, couldn't, I had to get out of here. I didn't get a chance to tell you. I don't have a clue what this means, but God has called you to be a worship leader, not a youth pastor. That's number two, and I didn't ask God for clarifying details. So at that moment in my life, I got one of two options. I can be obedient or disobedient, and guess what? I know what my Father God meant. I feel like I could have stayed there and I could have settled, but I would have missed God's best. I would have missed the next step in the progression of what he wanted to develop and teach you. I had, trust me, at that time, I had no clue that he was going to call me to pastor a church. I probably would have moved around a whole lot more at Christ for the Nations. I would have took a whole lot of different classes preparing for this moment. But I didn't see the whole picture of what God was calling me to. All I had was a promise, a command, and an instruction in that moment that would prepare me for what he had called me to. But guess what? Most of us are like, man, I got no clue what he's called me to. Well, just be obedient to what he leads you to because God knows what he's calling you to. So what he's calling you to, he's going to navigate you through, okay? So all of these promises, all of these things, you have to, but you have to be obedient. You have to do what he says, when he says, how he says, right? Because there's a lot of things. Every single move that I made, do you understand? I left a part of my heart. It wasn't that I was like, man, I'm built for youth ministry. I gave my life to those kids. I felt like, man, I served with all of my heart. It was more heartbreaking than it was anything else. It wasn't about willfully wanting to be disobedient to God. It was just, man, Lord, I've given so much of my life. I've given so much of my time. And 
But guess what? When God promotes or he moves on, he has the next plan in place. Right? I was so worried about, well, what's, is there going to be another good youth pastor? I know I'm the best, Lord. Like, I'm sure I was ignorant and all the things at the time. Feeling like he couldn't do it without me. But if he's moving you, he has a plan for your replacement. Like, all of those details are going to work themselves out. It's not for you to determine, well, I can't leave them, Lord. I can't forsake them. You did it, so should I? Like, come on, all of these things went through my mind. And I just had to say, Pastor, here's what I feel like the Lord's going to say. Great, well, let's do it. God has a plan. I was like, man, and it's just like emotional roller coasters ripping my heart open. And he was just like, it was matter-of-factly what God says we're going to do. Unwavering. We're not going to worry about the details. We're not going to do all of the, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm not going to do. Resist the fear. Don't worry about all the details. Be obedient to what he's leading you to. Number three, remember what was spoken. Now, a lot of times uh, we will, like I said, if we are talking while he's instructing, we will miss details. That's why it's important. Pay attention while he's speaking. Um, you know, I really think that this, this part of this picture is, is likened to the parable of the seeds. You know, there's, there's, you know in, the, in, the, in the Gospels in Luke 8, it says that a farmer was scattering seeds. Some fell on a path that was trampled on, some on rocky ground, some on thorns where they were choked out. But the word that fell on good soil, it says that it really produced a huge harvest. So the word of the Lord spoken with a heart that believes it, receives it, embraces it, and remembers it can birth into a great outcome, right? So it's believing and trusting. Remember what was spoken. Hold that thing in your heart. Because, you know, I don't know if you've ever planted a seed. Maybe you did it for a school project, or maybe you are a, you know, a farmer, or you do different things. But you know how cool it is when that thing first busts out of the ground? You're like, man, it's doing something. It ain't really done nothing yet, but it's doing something, right? I think a lot of times it's remembering what was promised. It's planning what God has spoken, and it's waiting for it to begin to birth to life into something great. So, like, don't be bummed out that that thing's just starting to grow, but remember the promise of what it would become. Remember what he has spoken. And, and one thing that I do, I don't, man, I feel like I remember things, but, man, I have to write things down, and I have to write those things down as quickly as possible that they are spoken. Now, you can write it. Now, I don't know. These smartphones really are smart. There are voice memos, which you can just talk to it, and you can clean it up and write it all nice and neat later. Um, but get those things that the, word, that the Lord has spoken out and, and remember those things that he has spoken. Write those things. Put something in, in, in front of you that you remember what the word of the Lord is. Um, a lot of you probably don't know this. I don't know if I've ever shared this story, but I remember when I was a, when I was a youth, I went to youth camp. And there we went, we were in this evening service, and there was a guy that moved in the prophetic. And what that means is he would just speak forth the word of the Lord for you under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And, I, and you know, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that where you got a guy walking around, all right, you stand up, you stand up. Now, uh, every time they point at you, you think it's the guy behind you because you're like, me? So, so this happened at a youth camp. He pointed to me and he said, hey, young man, stand up. And he says, I am going to make you into an oak of righteousness where your, 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 your limbs and your, and are going to spread out and people will come and they will rest and they'll recover and they'll, they'll be in the shade and there'll be trees that will perch on your branches. And I, so I'm thinking about all this stuff and I'm like, this joker's missed it. I was like, oh, this is the oak or whatever. Like, you know, but I didn't write that down, but God put that in my heart for a lifetime. And I didn't realize what it meant until I realized what it meant, but what he was birthing and what he was speaking was the pastoral heart of providing a place where people can come and they can be restored and they can be healed. And, and it's just 
I get pooped on and chopped and but it's 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 not always that that glorious but it's a calling and a positioning in my life and and I remember telling God that that man of God missed it now let me unravel a little bit more of the story because you guys don't know this now if you go down this hallway there is a big tree sitting on a uh, a sign that was in my office Now, let me tell you how that got there. Someone went in my office, and they said that tree would look so much better in our hallway. But do you know why I had that? Because I I was walking through Hobby Lobby. I'm not always a Hobby Lobby guy, but when I saw that, I remembered the promise that God spoke. I remember what he said, and I said, man, that's that's, that's me. That's the oak tree that he's talking about. So I bought that. I had it in my office. Somebody stole it, put it in the hallway. Well, guess what? I bought another one for my office. Now, you may say it's nice, it's neat, but that is a reminder of a promise that God spoke over my life. And I feel like I'm still stretching my arms. I'm still growing. One cool thing about an oak tree, those things grow for a lifetime. Them roots go deeper and they get wider and get struck by lightning and all kinds of crazy things. Like, I don't know what it entails, but I know the promise and I've begun to see it come to pass. So it's remembering what it is that God has spoken. That's, and I'm sure I could have individuals stand up and share a promise and the, the response and the fulfillment of those promises. But the key is to understand that when God speaks, it's going to come to pass. But remember what he said. Man, I remember having to uh, repent. When I judged that man of God and I told God, there's no way. That idiot missed it. I remember like, uh, what kind of man of God? Like, that's the kind of man of God I was that's pastoring a church now. Dear Lord, help me, right? The vulnerability, but yet what God said he will do, he's going to accomplish. Don't forget what God has said. Write it down. We write it down and we remember it because the moment the enemy tells us what we're not, we'll remember who we are. And that's the difference. You know, I walk back, if I see that tree, I'm, I'm glad it's in two spots now <laughs> instead of just in my office. You know, I see it when I'm walking down the hallway. I see it, but just remember that promise. Write it down. So number one, recognize the word of the Lord. Number two, resist the fear of the unknown details. Number three, remember what was spoken. And number four, and this is one of the most exciting parts, but re- rejoice as it comes to pass. Rejoice as it comes to pass. When it's happening, you know, when it's preparing all of these things, you know, in this waiting period, there there was an anticipation. Now, I think in regards to the whole oak thing, I wasn't really anticipating anything. But, you know, the moment I got past the whole youth pastor, worship leader transition thing, there was an excitement about, well, Lord, what's next? You haven't jipped me yet. You're not going to jip me in the future. What's next? Like there was this excitement and this anticipation you know, of, of the unknown, but yet we know that God is good. So there was a rejoicing. There was a celebrating. I thank God that I had the boldness to do it and to follow through with it. I didn't like the transition. I didn't like the emotions, but yet God was going to give me the grace in each of those situations to navigate through that. Understand this. Once the promise is made, do you realize that we are now closer than ever to that moment that the promise arrives? Right? He says, I got that special order. It's in route. Anybody have any packages get derailed and lost in the mail yet? Like it starts navigating. It's like, where is that thing going? And your expected arrival date changes. Thank God it's still before Christmas and we all shopped early. Hopefully, in Jesus' name, don't be shopping Christmas Eve thinking it's going to show up, right? But we know that it has, the order has been placed and it's in route. 
That's, that's, that's the excitement of, you know, like, I mean, sometimes I'm excited. Man, it's going to get here. I watch them tracking. Ooh, hey, you know how UPS, they send the picture now. Yeah. It's like sitting on your doorstep. You're like, I got to go. Where are you going? I got to go get that promise, that package, that thing that, that, was, that I've been waiting for. So we rejoice. We celebrate. What happens when the promise hasn't come yet? Pastor, you're talking about this promise. I'm still waiting. Well, in the waiting, we rejoice as if we already have it. That's what we do. That's the level of faith. That's where we anticipate and we're excited. Like, man, I don't know when it's coming. I know it's been ordered because he told me it's coming. You know what? He didn't even tell me what it was, but he said it's going to be great and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be worth waiting for. And I can't wait till it shows up. Because he often just gives us a little bit of what that promise looks like. But the promise is always better than expected. I was crying about being a youth pastor. I was complaining about Lord like woe is me and I did not know that he had greater better things for me you know I think about all the time what if I'd have been dumb and settled would I have like derailed God's plan would I have messed it up and like he and I get to heaven he says well no you big dummy I had all these promises for you but because of your lack of obedience, because of your lack of your trust, because you did not hear the word of the Lord, that you didn't remember what I said, that you didn't hold fast to what was true, you tied my hands. I couldn't release the promise that I wanted. You couldn't really live in receiving all of those promises throughout your lifetime. And I'll tell you what, I don't want to do that. I've learned that being obedient when I don't know the details... Knowing God's nature and his character, that he's going to be good in every season of my life. It's not going to leave me in lack. He may, I mean, he may have to wound up some wounds that, that I left because I laid my heart out. And it just, oh, Lord, like it hurts. Ministry's tough. If you've ever done ministry and you've done it right, you leave a piece of yourself in every ministry you do. But yet God's grace and his sufficientness is great. But we don't want to miss what it is that God is doing. So we rejoice as if it's already coming, if it's showing up tomorrow, we anticipate those things. So there was two words in that passage that, that I feel like really are the most powerful. And the first thing in verse 37, it says, no word from God will ever fail. You got to get that in your spirit today. No word from God will ever fail. And then secondly, Mary's response, she said, may your word be fulfilled. May what you say come to pass in my life. So she kind of took that promise and said, all right, God, it's up to you to make it come to pass. There's nothing we can do. We can just trust God. So here's how we're going to end. I want to wrap up this morning by taking a moment to reflect on the promises of God. Now, I feel like in each of these, this is where we are all at. Number one, uh, you know, you're, you're working through a promise that God has made to you. Hadn't arrived, but you know that promise is made and you're kind of like waiting. Keep checking the mail. It ain't showed up yet, but you're, you're in that, that, that moment of waiting. I feel like maybe even today in this moment in this service, God has spoken a promise to you right now. And you're like, man, I never had this promise. I didn't even know God could do that. But today he has birthed a promise in your life that he's revealed to you and he's showing you. Number three, maybe you're dealing with a promise you've given up on. You contacted the seller and you're like, this tracking is, oh, you lost it. It's lost in the mail. It's never going to show up. You've completely given up. Maybe that's you. You've, you've completely given up on a promise. Or maybe there's a promise you think that it's impossible and you haven't applied faith to believe it to come to pass. And today God is beginning to stir the waters of faith in your heart to believe that what he said he will do, he will do. Can you stand up with me? I feel like all of us are in one of those categories. Every single one of us. But let me help you out here. Maybe 
You say, Pastor, I don't know nothing about these promises. I just came to church today. If, if I were to be honest with you, Pastor, my relationship with the Lord really ain't even intact. You're, you're talking about promises, and I don't even know God, really. That's where you start. Today's the day of salvation. You know, if you're not one of his sheep, if you're not one of his sons and, and his daughters, like, you really don't reap the benefits of the Father. A lot of people want the benefits of the Father without being a son and daughter. doesn't work that way. My children have special benefits because of who I am in their life. Right? Because they're mine. I'm going to invite the prayer team up. So that would be my first thing. Like, how do we navigate this promise? What do I do? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, today is the day. You may not even know what to do. This prayer team leaders, they can help you figure that out and say, hey, well, just... Ask for forgiveness and, you know, first service, you know, we always do baptism, second service, get baptized, you know, let's keep moving. Do what God said you need to do. It's pretty clear in scripture. But today, have faith to place your life and your trust in somebody bigger than yourself. And I would say, secondly, if you're struggling and you really haven't heard the voice, because like, if you haven't heard the voice of the Lord, you're either not his sheep or you're not really listening. So today, I know there's a lot of sheep in the room. You were marked as his. And maybe you haven't been as intentional as you need in hearing the voice of the Lord. But that today that your spiritual ears would be opened. That, they would, that your ears would be focused on what the voice of the Lord is speaking. And I just want to encourage you to be still and be quiet before the Lord and see what he says. Today I want you to really stir your trust in that God is a promise keeper. All of the things that he promised for you and I will come to pass. What he says he will do, he will do. There's a passage in scripture, and this was uh, Abraham and Sarah, where the word of the Lord came to Sarah and said, you'll have a child, and they were old. I don't know what old is, I guess like a hundred. Like think of a hundred year old lady having a baby, it's like, that ain't gonna work, right? I mean, that was kind of, but it says Sarah laughed. And the angel of the Lord showed up and said, you laughed when you heard the word of the Lord. And she denied it. She says, I didn't laugh. And the angel responds and says, no, you laughed. So some of you in the room need to repent to God and say, Lord, I did not trust you. I thought it was impossible. I chuckled underneath my breath and said, it's impossible. You approached his throne of grace, lacking faith, not being full of faith and trusting that he would do what he said he was going to do. So just let God deal with that. If there's something that you said, no, there's no way. And you've responded in an unreverent, unholy manner. Just deal with that. Say, Lord, forgive me for being ignorant, for being stupid, for not like trusting you at your word. But today, let's all together, all corporately come to a place of believing that God will do what he said he will do. That the same promise that he kept to Mary, he will keep to us. Amen. Let me pray for you. If, if you want to respond and you want somebody praying with you or maybe agreeing with you in a promise, you know, that, that's stirring or something that's coming, just want to encourage you to come up and then that, that the promise for God for you would come to pass. Amen? Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for each one here this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are a promise keeper. God, that there's so many things that you have in store for us. Father, that your thoughts towards us are good. Lord, and when we just really trust you and follow you and respond in obedience to you, we will see great things in our life. 
Lord, I pray for each one here that today, that as the word of the Lord was spoken, I pray that each person is stirred up and encouraged and excited about the future. Devil, if you're speaking to people, I I just uh, rebuke your voice in Jesus' name. That we would hear your voice, Lord, and your voice alone. Father, forgive us maybe for listening to the voice of the enemy too much and not listening to you near enough. Father, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. The promises that you are speaking, the promises that you are bringing to our remembrance that you've already spoken, and the promises that will come to pass throughout our lifetime. Father, we celebrate today and we thank you, Lord, in advance as if we've already have them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.